with David Ian and Kate Dale. The show that plums the depths of mediocrity, celebrates the ordinary, and enjoys the everyday. Hello and welcome to Mediocre Gay. I'm Kate Dale. And I'm David Ian. How's your week been, David? Oh, like really, really uneventful. Well, that's going to be it's exciting. Well, thank isn't you it? for watching Mediocre Gay. It's <laughs> Look, really... sometimes my weeks are mediocre. I mean, so hard to believe, right? Yeah. To be honest, mine's not been particularly eventful this week, but I did do, and I know this is, and I really enjoyed it, a load of washing up. Oh, for Christ's sake. My dishwasher's broken at the moment, which has been <laughs> what it is, but I've realised actually there's something about when you've had a load of. I have been busy, so dishes are backed up, but there's something peaceful about going through and setting it all, sorting it all out and restoring order to chaos. I hate washing up. I'd rather throw it all out and buy new. Well, that's not very good for the planet, is it? I didn't say it was. Like, <laughs> I'd love a dishwasher. My flat is tiny. I don't have a dishwasher. Um, although I keep wanting to get, you can get like tabletop dishwashers that aren't plumbed in. Yeah, I think they're for caravans and stuff like that. Um yeah, oh, God, I hate washing up. Literally, right. I'd rather just... Paper plates, I think, is the answer. It's one of those things that I put off and put off, but when you do it, actually, this kind of a piece that comes from it, it's like... Actual what? Yeah. No. Putting away, I hate. Drying, I'm not so keen on, and putting away is just awful. But that's all part of it, isn't it? I know, but that's the problem. I have the problem with actual washing. I don't mind throwing it in the washing machine and remembering to put in a tablet and that, but then it sits there for days. I can't be bothered to get it out and hang but it out. it's mouldy. Well, I'd rather just buy new clothes. Well, sorry, Planet Earth. We did enjoy knowing you, but David oh, no, decided. But I, <laughs> I don't, because, you know, comedy doesn't pay a lot, but that's yeah. what I'd like. Right, well, if anyone is still watching, you'll be very glad to know, or listening Thrilling, indeed, right? <laughs> uh, that we do indeed have a guest today. It's hopefully going to be far more interesting than me talking about washing up. It's almost literally like watching paint. No, it's not. Right, so welcome. Uh, we've got hi. a fantastic drag king today uh, who performs as Temptation. Hey, up. Hi, how's the... <sighs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and is here today in her morning guy as guy guys as julia welcome hello, welcome hello, julia hello, hi thank you for having me thank you for coming well it was quite early i like getting up early do you <laughs> no i'm not the morning what drag performer likes all. getting up early exactly we're all night owls and i absolutely just spend my hours whittling away thinking of new drag things all night long and then the morning comes and you have to go to work and have a day job because drag doesn't afford much. Oh, yeah, none of us have date. No, no, no. <sighs> no, don't spoil the illusion. Sorry. Yes. Just Sorry. live in Sorry. this wonderful world. <laughs> what do you do as a day job? Um, I actually make films for social media um, for a big corporate. Um, so I'm busy booking lots of influencers in inverted Ooh. commas and edit and, yeah. And do they know about Tim? Oh, they know about Tim. They do know about Tim. They're quite thrilled about Tim. And they kind of want me to do a Christmas party or a staff party. Yes. But they're only doing that if they're going to pay me. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> and so for people who haven't met Tim yet, I don't know, am I allowed to call him Tim? Is he not Tim. father or the reverend? No, no Tim. Tim Tation. Um, so Tim is a cult leader. He's from the north and um, he fell down a little hole one day <laughs> um, and joined the cult. 
So he's completely used and abused by the great they them, Lord Deep Thought. And um, Lord Deep Thought has some very interesting theories about the world, including, you know, of course, we're all going to die. There's going to be a mass extinction I mean, that's, that's the thing about cults. Absolutely. All the same. I mean, also we're all life, die. we are all going to die. But if yeah, but you... I think cults are quite obsessed with the dying, right? And all at the Absolutely. same time. It's a long traditional history of everybody dying. Um, with with Lord Deep Thought, Lord Deep Thought does believe that the uh, that the spaceships that will come and pick you up, um, and it's okay no matter where you are in the world. If you're part of the cult, the spaceship will come and pick you up and take you away at That's the end really of the world. Way better than Uber these days, isn't it? It is. And um, yeah, it's. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Well, you do have to wait like twenty odd minutes nowadays for oh, Uber, and then sometimes they won't even bloody come. Oh, and they get just you. cancel on the way. No, I'm not on the way. No, I'm not. It's so frustrating. Yeah, so frustrating. I mean, I just get the bus, so <laughs> that's because you spent all your money on your plane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How does one join the cult? Well, really, most of my followers do like to come and see a show or two, and. I think really once you're following me on Timstagram and then Timstagram, you... <laughs> <laughs> which is obviously just Instagram, but but my Instagram, obviously Tim, Timtation Drag, that's that's the oh. handle. So come follow, um, and then come and see one of my shows, and then before you know it, you'll be a follower, you'll be a believer. And what can you tell us about the shows? What happens in a show? Can you give like? I mean, obviously we've seen, yeah. but like, <laughs> so I've only to be honest been doing this since March, so very very really late. yes. You're... Wow. Oh my God. I assumed you'd been doing it ages. You were great. I assume you'd been doing it ages. I have. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Little to know. Um, but yeah, come see a show. It's going to be dependent on where I am and what I'm doing as to how much you get. Tim likes to run a little confession box where the audience can forcefully insert or artfully slide their lustful confessions into and then we'll go through them as part of the act which is very very lovely but then Tim also is really quite obsessed with food um, so he'll create a number of little mini sermons that are really focused on food um, I've got one covering gluttony and roast dinners and proving the the existence of the great they them through bananas um, and most recently lust and cake. It's a beautiful sermon. Oh, the angry now. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Anything that involves cake, I mean, last. Uh, that's hard work, isn't it? Can't, rem can't remember cake what that's is like. quite delicious. You will leave very hungry. It also kind of links into chemsex as well, does my cake sermon. So it's Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. What doesn't? Yes. What doesn't, exactly. <laughs> to be fair. Exactly. Well, okay. okay. <laughs> um, what does the word mediocre mean to you? So for me, I think mediocre is something that's that's perfectly okay. That it's not really like singing any songs. It's not. It's not going above and beyond. It's very functional. It's very everyday. Um, in interior design terms, I like to think mediocre is perhaps grey. That grey colour that everyone painted their houses. That I you had a, gr I had a high gloss grey kitchen. <gasps> high gloss. Mm. Oof, that's a choice. Grey showing off. Yeah. I loved it. I didn't think it was mediocre at all. Ooh. Oh, but the greyification, greyish. Mm. Greyish. It's Grayish. just, uh, it's everywhere. Everybody told me it was super masculine, actually. Really? Mm. No, it was so a certain okay. type of woman. So much to unpack. How can a colour have a gender? <laughs> I don't know, but that's this is what people told me. <laughs> <laughs> I was pleased about it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> 
Oh, David. I know. We don't have time, do we, to unpack all of that? It was like a high gloss grey and then like a shiny blue splashback. I like the shiny blue. And a white uh, high gloss top. I mean, it sounds lovely. I'm just slightly confused as to how that could be described. I don't know. As Speak to the wider world. Because as you know, everything is gendered. Did you actually choose this kitchen? Yeah, I was designed it. Was that your it. choice? Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Mm. <laughs> See, I, mean... I don't know what I was trying to prove. <laughs> <laughs> Did it make you feel more masculine cooking in there? Oh, no, you don't cook, you do you? So no. Heating up your delivered um, food. I'm leaving your I was at, to rock. I was actually dating someone at the time, and he was a very good cook, uh, so he mainly used it. And that's what made you feel masculine, is actually having someone cooking for you in the kitchen. Yeah, having a wife. Yeah. That's what, yeah, that was it. <laughs> Oh, but grey totally replaced magnolia yeah. for a big period mm. of time. Um, you didn't know what to do with the room. You didn't know how to paint it, what to make it look like. Magnolia. And then I think, you know, grey replaced magnolia. I've had two grey cars as well. Ooh. Oh, You see, I think it's a fear of commitment. If you go with the colour, then you are, it's, it's you're standing out, it's commitment. Yeah. You kind of have to live with it. It's... Mm. You know how they used to say, you probably don't, but in com- and I don't even work in IT, but in IT, no one was ever sat for buying IBM computers, apparently. It's a bit like that. No one it's ever criticises you yeah. for just buying, for just painting your house or flat beige, basically. So whether it's magnolia, whether it's grey, whatever. But it's not really expressing anything about yourself, is it? It's hiding yourself. Mm-hmm. You, got- you really wanted to buy a yellow car, yeah. didn't you? Uh, I've had... <laughs> Uh, I've had a, a lime green car before. Ooh. You see, that's good. Exactly. Mm. That's personality, that is. That's not mediocre. That's personality. But great. Yeah, but I was Ooh. much younger then, and I was, you know, trying to hide less of who I was. <laughs> Why? Why do you want to hide more of I who don't you now. are now you're growing older? I don't older? now. Not now, I mean, but like in oh, that okay. period. Oh, of I like... see. There was a period yeah. of actually written a one-person show about all of yeah. this. So, yeah, that's what mediocre gays are. <laughs> I, I should come and see that, shouldn't I? should do, really. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, like that 12 year period, I suppose, like I, I like cars, which is my thing. I like oscillated between white and gray cars. Mm. Of course, your thing. Yeah. Are you Jeremy Clarkson in disguise? Yeah. Just a bit. Wow. <laughs> well, Mercedes cars are kind of gray, aren't they? So Mercedes obviously are not as in the Formula One team, not all cars. I was like, oh, did I, I didn't have a Mercedes. I, I, I had a Mercedes. <laughs> I was an Audi girl. So. Ooh. Our team Mercedes. I walk. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I get what you mean, though. Like, and I'd never really thought about it. It is like a lack of commitment. It is mm. just like that middle of the road. It is a lack of personality. And what I'm, to do when you don't know what to do? And because I'm doing some uh, refurbing at the moment, and I don't know what colour to go with, and it is, it's really hard because I want something. Well, I'm expecting like and... yellow or like a green apple or mm. something now because you know personality. Teal became the new. Teal thing. did for a little while. Yeah. I think greens and like earthy tones yeah. are now are now in, but will they last? Will they become the new grey? Who knows? Who knows? It took also, me years I need to choose keep, a lamp shade, and you need so. to keep your house value high so that when you, when you do you flat. or do you just? I was want thinking to create... when she dies. Oh. <laughs> I don't money. recall changing my will. <laughs> Not yet. It's a long term. <laughs> Long-term goal. With my lifestyle, David, I don't think you've got that much time, so I'd crack <laughs> on with your plans if I were you. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what do you love that is other people think is mediocre? Well, I recently moved to East London. I say recently, like in the last 18 months. Okay. And 
I have to say, the bloody DLR is so amazing. It really is. Like, it's such a tiny little train. And when it was designed, it was apparently only meant to get 20 people around. Yeah, like Who creates yeah. a mass transit system that is only designed to transport 20 people? Why? Why? Why do that? Uh, why? So, why? Oh, God. I know, right? Every time someone comes on and talks about infrastructure, she's horrified about the fact that I just naturally know something about it. <laughs> um, the DLR was uh, a financial decision because it's so much more expensive to build something mm. like the Lizzie line. Um, and and at the time, it's that part... The tubes, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, and that part of, like, East London, they didn't actually have that many people living in it, and it was there was a lot of money going into it, and so they just did a much smaller thing because it's been extended a lot and expanded, yeah. so now Three it times, carries a lot more. times, yeah. I mean, I have really fond memories of the DLR. I don't think it's mediocre at all. I remember when I was a kid, we lived in Kent, and uh, we had these amazing babysitters, Mandy and Kevin. Um, and um, they took they took me and my brother. When we must have been, I don't know, looking at the photos, I would say maybe, I must have been like nine or maybe 10 or 11. And my brother would have been like seven. And we went to London. And, and we did like all like the tourist bits. But the most exciting thing I remember was going on the DLR. And there is no driver. I know. As a child, seeing a train that can go both ways... Oh, yes. Oh, Which yes. I understand oh, is popular ways. now. Um, no drama. Like, <laughs> exciting. <laughs> yeah, I think it always it. was, David. It's just that due to Asia, we weren't allowed to talk mm. about it. But I, I do remember, actually, first trip to London, young 15-year-old... My eyes were being open. Obviously, I'm not from London. I don't know if you can tell. But Hide it well. <laughs> rode that rode that DLR. It's exciting, Tended right? to be the driver. Yes. Sat at the front. Sitting at the front. Oh, it's like a really slow roller coaster if you sit at the yeah. front. Mm. Like, there are some that bits is... of it that's like you're going on the overpass. This is my favourite kind of roller coaster. I'm not a big fan <laughs> of a fast roller coaster. Don't like to live on the edge, me. <laughs> oh, and the views. The views, oh, the views are, are so fantastic. spectacular. Like, I really love... The Tate and Lyle, mm -hmm. old factory area around by the Royal Docks. Mm -hmm. Like it's just so like a mix of everything that's ruinous and fallen down and like past industry. And then you're getting like the new posh yeah, all popping flat locks all popping up around it. I also really like the noise that it makes. I was going to say the noise. It's like that, that like very slight, yeah, very yeah. slight electric noise. Yeah, it's yeah. great. And if you go Canning Town. You've got like one layer of DLR down here. Oh, yeah. And then you've got the jubes on the other side. Yeah. And then above the jubes is the bank branch of the DLR. And then also the, the 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 one that goes to like Woolwich Arsenal also goes to Beckton and it comes in and it pushes that. Oh, it's magical. It's magical. The only I agree with all of that. <laughs> It's got one downside, and that is when it's going into Bank, because Bank Tube Station oh, yeah. is oh, the absolute yeah, hell on earth abysmal. But you see, again, I know reasons for this. So Tower Gateway was supposed to be like the main terminus mm -hmm. when it came into oh, London. Name. Yeah, exactly. But then they ended up de developing Bank and making that. And so that's why like Bank is obviously massively like overworked anyway. And then you have that horrible run up that just takes forever. But yeah, it was going to be Tower Gateway was mm. where it all ended up. Literally, there's not many more things more interesting to fall down uh, a um, Wikipedia hole on than yeah. DLR. DLR's really interesting. For someone who loves cars, you know a lot about public transport. I just love infrastructure and, yeah, like, that. What I also really love about the DLR is, like, the stations are generally in a bit shit areas. And my local one is, like, 
very much on the cusp of an industrial estate and then like a small residential area but it's so brightly lit up at night it brings me so much joy to come in there and it's so it's like a little beacon yeah. in the area of just yeah yeah I like the way because they're up on on still so yeah. yeah absolutely you get yeah. that sort of glowing um it's like that song from Rocky about walking towards yeah there's a light over in the Frankenstein yes. place. Mm. It's not like that, but that's what goes through they're my like, head. They're like a monorail, you know, like a, yeah. like monorail. Disneyland. They are a monorail. Monorail. I don't know if we'd have to pay the rights. Don't seem oh, to. Oh, actually, a monorail. Aren't they a monorail? Um, I can't. I don't think. I'm not sure. No, they've I, definitely I, got two rails. Yeah. There From when we were driving them, I can tell you there's definitely <laughs> yeah. two rails. <laughs> you might know then, actually, David. What is the difference between a tram and a train? Because I've been in Manchester. I've been on trams that go through fields. And it, at what point does this? No, I don't. It feels know. like I'm on a train. I haven't looked up Manchester transport stuff because what happens is you go on the DLR, and then when you're a loser and you can't sleep at two o'clock in the morning, mm. you think, "Do you know what? I wonder why it's not like all the rest. How did that come about?" And then you spend four hours reading about the DLR. And if if I still lived in East London like I do, like I used to, um, I'd probably be able to remember how many people like it could carry per hour in that because there was a small phase of yeah. my life. Because there's like a league table of like how many, all the different like versions of DLR and tubes and that all around the world of how many they can carry. And it keeps moving up and down. It was super interesting. But now I don't live in the East, so I don't, don't use care. it as much. Yeah. Okay. Either do the watchers and listeners What I also probably. find quite fascinating is like Woolwich Arsenal. Um, obviously, <laughs> which is fascinating anyway. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, you know, it's obviously got some rich, you know, historic, in like, um, gosh, what's the word? Industry, mm. industry. Back in the day, it must have done some things, and then they put the DLR ending there because you know it's, it is it is a bit like now they've just got an enormous Tesco's, massive Tesco's, and then for some reason, oh, love it, love it. Why don't we put the Lizzie line in there too? I feel like, you know, the DLR must have paved way for the... Doesn't it go... Yeah, yeah. That's true, actually, yeah. It does continue all the way to, like, Thamesmead, which is a beautiful, beautiful estate. If you're going to go look at an estate, go look at Thamesmead. Beautiful. Looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's like brutalist art in a council estate. Are we talking about the same Thamesmead? Yeah. It's like if you walk, like, ten minutes beyond the Lizzie Line tube station... Then you're in this magical, magical place of like 60s brutalist beautifulness. No? I like a bit of brutalism. Yeah. I shall go and have a look at that. Very so. nice. It's very, very nice. They have a lake. They have a massive lake with a fountain in the middle. It's beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Good. <laughs> wow. You can edit that bit out if you want. But it's, it's the top tip. It's the top tip. I will, for, next time I don't know what to do in London. Mm. I'll just ride the Elizabeth line to the end. I hate calling it the Lizzie line, and I realised I did it earlier, but it feels disrespectful, especially now she's gone. What she would have wanted. It doesn't strike me as a Lizzie. I don't think she cares. Could have called it the Lizzie Butt line. The Lily Butt line. Oh, yeah, they should have done that, yeah. really, shouldn't they? Anyway. Mr. Trick. Oh, wait. That's... We don't call it the Vicky line, do we? Although I did the other day and then hated yeah. myself. <laughs> Anyway, going back to the DLR. <laughs> Good. <there's> not, Do. <laughs> there's one other beautiful thing about the DLR, and that's like Greenwich. Because it goes to the good bit of Greenwich, whereas the Jubilee line goes to yeah. the shit bit of Greenwich. It, it, it amazes. When I first moved to London, I was very confused about the fact that these were not the same bits mm. of Greenwich, right? They're so far apart. Yeah. They're how so can they both apart. be Greenwich? How, oh, how? I don't think I've been to the DLR bit of Greenwich. It's like. Actual granite, like original granite, like where the where. Oh, is that where the, the, the cottage is? Where the, 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 the thank you. Oh, okay, I was, I was, I was about to be like, where that boat is. 
<laughs> we had to cut yourself. Okay, yeah. I have to. I'm lying. It takes forever to get there though, because that's the only thing about the DLR is so many stops. You're just like yeah, I, slow and steady. It takes forever to get there. It takes you to City Airport though, and I love City it Airport. Does. I, I love do City love Airport City. too. We've talked about airports a lot oh, on this yeah. podcast, yeah. haven't we? But it's so so beautiful. The shopping is rubbish. The airside shopping is rubbish. I don't think there's anything more exciting yeah. than flying out of City Airport. Yeah, but it does. It feels like flying. It feels like I imagine flying felt in the fifties, mm. but safer probably. But there's not a massive Hopefully. walk. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> what I do love about City. It's very, very close to home, and I can get there in 20 minutes on the DLR, as previously discussed, the beautiful DLR. But you get a sandwich still on the plane. It's amazing. Yes, it's so good. I might be paying like an extra £120 for the privilege. But if you of get that. a sandwich. If I get a sandwich, I'm also I'm, saving money going to the I mean, that's airport. almost the price you know, of a prep sandwich. So. Twice, it's half the price of a Heathrow Express ticket. Exactly. Who flies exactly. out of city now? I haven't flown out of I it for do. a couple of years. No, I mean, <laughs> <times. laughs> I mean, what airlines? <laughs> BA. Is it a BA? Yeah, yeah, and you get some of the Continental Airlines landing mm. there as well. So Swiss. Yeah, I've not flown out there for a few like since before the pandemic. Oh, I swear, I tend to go and go away with on my girls' weekends away. We tend to fly from there. It's lovely. It's just easy. Mm. So easy. So easy. Oh, I'm flying from Heathrow in a couple of weeks, and I'm like, oh, mm. I know. Mm-hmm. Oh, your life's terrible, David. <sighs> so oh, jet setting, David. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so um, moving on from that, I think I'm very obsessed, could be very obsessed with the DLR too. I do love it. And that thing of driving the bus as well is the same thing as when you get to the top seat of the bus at the front. Yes, that's also one of my favourite positions. Always love that position. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell we've got a bunch of gays in the room, can't you? Just the mere mention. <laughs> um, and so it really seems a shame to move on from that, but uh, I'm going to do anyway. Um, what do you worry or feel is mediocre about you? Well, one of the things, I've been well aware of this for a number of years, but having just come into doing drag, it has really been highlighted to me, and that is my lack of musical skill. I am incredibly mediocre when it comes to music. And what I realise is when I listen to music, I hear the words. I don't actually hear the music itself. So when it gets to the point, because there is a massive expectation, as a drag act, you're going to come on, you're going to do a bit of chatting, you're going to do a singing, a bit more chatting, do another song, another chat, maybe say something funny, one last song and you're off. Like That is how classical, in the dirty pub, drag exists. Exactly, a drag sandwich. (laughs) So I've come in as more of a character comedian and have been like pushed and forced into doing the songs, doing the music and trying to fit like extra-ness into my act. And this is where... I have just discovered that I am so bloody awful at A, singing in tune, and then B, singing the tune to the time of the music, because music doesn't really help you. Like, most <laughs> of the time, <laughs> it just, it doesn't give you the cues. It doesn't, it's not like sing now, and I'm going to play this, this, this drum beat at this particular we, moment yeah. when you're going to sing. We, no. we have a horrific, so we, we did a gig somewhere 
West. And then we all stumbled off to some club and it was, it, it was a really great club. It had loads of different rooms. And in one of the rooms was a lovely little old lady playing the piano for karaoke. Ooh, love it. And when you were watching everybody else do it, you're like, this is amazing. And so we decided to get oh. up and sing Islands oh. in the Stream. <gasps> Easy song, know no. it. No. Know it back to front, right? Well, she's just playing the piano, so you've got no idea at all when to come in, and mm. somehow you end up completely out of time. And it's not like electric karaoke, whatever you call it, where it highlights the words. Yeah. It was like yeah. just the look the words in front of oh, you. Oh, it was horrific. No, we were. It was embarrassing. It was just, but we still we ploughed on, and ploughed on, and ploughed on. But it was it was, just... it was the longest three and a half minutes of <laughs> everyone's life. It was really bad. And you realise how little you actually know the tune as well. Yeah, because it's just it's doing its own whatever in the background, isn't it? And you're surprise. supposed to be yeah. doing the tune over the top. It's like and... two separate yeah. forms of artistry in one go to create yes. something that sounds vaguely all right. She was an amazing woman. Like mm. she was great, and she she just knew like almost any song you could pick. Mm. Well, although did she? That's what I'm wondering. I wonder if it was her fault, actually. Maybe she wasn't playing quite the right tune. Oh, probably. Maybe. All the notes, but not necessarily in the right order. The thing I keep coming back to is the gap between the end of the chorus and the starting of the next thing. I think I know that pretty well. I mean, I'm a huge Jolly fan. I know that song like the back of my hand. And we could not get it anyway. Getting distracted. So you can't sing. No, I can't. But also, I am a very visual person. So, like, I've had to develop ways to deal with this mediocrity that I have going on in my life. Um, and because I, I video edit, I basically put the, 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 the karaoke version with the actual words in, because you can buy that. And then the track above it with no words so then I've got these two tracks lined up next to each other I have to mute one of them and then copy chop out the bit where the words are so I can like picture it in my head like literally I can see the timeline of the song with all the chunks where the words are and this is just the most roundabout way that I have found to do this but it's the only way my brain wants to work see that's interesting because I am kind of thinking that sounds really complicated and difficult and would it not be easier just to learn it? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps, but then I'm so still, sorry that music friend. is all over the bloody show. <laughs> what I think is amazing is like you've picked that as mediocre, and I think it's out that we're lots of people are mediocre at, but you're like finding a way around it. Like you've you've worked out a way to still incorporate it into your acts, even though it's a huge amount of work, mm. rather than taking the easy option. You found a way to like make it work well, and still deliver. I, I think that's incredible. Yeah, when I have an idea in my head, I I just want to I want to do the thing and I want to excel at it. Um, the oldest child, so obviously, I get it. As the oldest child, you want yeah. to impress people, and I really, I I do really have that. There are a lot of like um, big host queens out there that I actually I know and love, and I just want to impress them every time I'm on in one of their shows. I want to dazzle them with a new song. I want to make them. Doesn't happy. that sound familiar? It's exhausting to be around you people. I'm the youngest of three, so for me, it's just like, wah, 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 attention, 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 whatever it takes. So when you're on the bill with a comedian that you really love, don't you feel... How often do we talk about the fact... Now I'm wondering if this is just something that I say to you or a conversation we have. When you're on the bill with someone who you really love as a comedian, you desperately want them yeah, to no, see you yes. be really good, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. Is, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. But often if they're headlining, then they're not there for you. Yes, well, so. that happened too. Yeah, no, I probably shouldn't say, yeah. You yes. don't say. <laughs> <But there> is, <laughs> I wasn't no names, yeah. There is always that glimmer that they might catch you for like 30 seconds right? and yeah. be paying attention. But also, what does it matter? 
Like it doesn't. It doesn't. But, but we're performers, right? So it's all about external validation, exactly. isn't it? Don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. I mean, we should all be happy with the performance yeah, I, that we're doing and the challenge and how good we've come along. You know, and like just happy for ourselves. Oh, but no. just like 30 Little seconds birds of in validation. Saying, feed me, feed oh. me, feed me, feed me. I need love. What 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 do you do drag for? What's why? Well, my mum joined a cult, so. <laughs> oh God, I remember I laughing earlier. <laughs> we were all laughing earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, doing drag is a way I could take control of the situation. So I've spent many years of my life. <laughs> is she still in the cult? She's still in the cult. She's currently in Mexico waiting for the end of the world with the cult leader. Oh, wow, So, um, yeah. <laughs> and how old were you when she joined? Um, it was maybe like five years ago. So, how did you? Yeah, I know. Um, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it, it, it was an interesting challenge of a good chunk of, of my life, trying to battle with her to make her realize that the cult were actually preying on a vulnerable person um and she had like a series of mental health issues and was being checked in and out of like psychiatric units just before the pandemic started but to get her to the point where she could be in a unit was really 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 bloody difficult and i was trying and knocking on people's doors and unless somebody is going to harm themselves or harm somebody Mm. else you can't actually get any help for that person they need to be saying actually i need some help yeah and she was never going to do that because she firmly believes that the world's going to end and at that point there was going to be hell hellfire and damnation or a big flood so she was googling looking for hills where she could buy a boat and have a boat on the top of a hill um so when the flood came she could be safe but then it was all all right because the spaceships were going to come and pick you up either way and don't worry about your pets because the spaceships would also come and pick your pets up separately oh, that's good. That's yeah, it was nice handy. wasn't it yeah so how did the how did she find the cult um through the internet so i think uh, stargate was her gateway drug the tv show um and she'd been watching episodes of that on youtube and then followed in the related videos and then got into conspiracy theories. And then before she knew it, she got into the International Congregation of Lord Rael via Facebook and found this little community of, yeah, of people who believe that the end of the world was coming. And moved to Mexico. Moved to Mexico. And are you in touch with her or is she, is she allowed to be in touch? She, she like, it's difficult because now I... You know, was the child for a while. We were never particularly very close growing up. Um, and now I'm the person who wants to stop the fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the relationship has become very tumultuous over the last few years, especially when I've tried to get her medical help and she hasn't wanted it. And I've called the police on her and various other things that have happened. Um, so we're not we're not really friends but i know she's still alive and i know she's still well because she makes little sermon videos on facebook um telling people about you know lord rail the end of the world the spaceships um and kind of relating it to what's actually going on in the world right now and when is the end of the world what's the date um well it's one of those things that keeps being pushed back a right. little bit. It's not ready. Uh, it's no, not ready yet. you're always in a state of preparedness. You're in you're in this this moment where you think actually the world will end, 
and then it doesn't end. But it just gets pushed back a couple of months. And so you've taken this thing that is obviously quite traumatic yeah, for you. exactly. And turned it into <laughs> temptation. <laughs> temptation. Wow. <laughs> that comedy experience that is drag. Because I, I'd always wanted to do drag. Um, and I'd had, like, I grew up doing theatre stuff. I, basically, I would ex escape being at home, this grim little northern place where um, there was just really very limited opportunity and we grew up quite poor um, and there was a, lo a local youth theatre that I went to. So I always really enjoyed going to the youth theatre and there were lots of people there who seemed very clever and like, you know, the world was a big opportunity. It, it, made, it made things bigger. So yeah. I always had that within me. Um, but then just went down different routes as you grow up and you get degrees and you have to do a bloody job and all that stuff. So at the start of the year, I did um, a course on drag called The Art of Drag at the RBT. Oh, RBT, yeah. Yeah, lovely, love it, love it. Oh, that's hosted by... Um... Michael Twaits. Yeah. Fabulous Michael Twaits, love him. And um, basically, Tim was born out of doing that course. Um, and like, I, I was talking to one of my friends doing the, the course and we were talking about where to where to place this character of temptation and where I was going to go um, and then actually it just made so much sense to link it into something that I kind of already knew a lot about but also give me some power and some control in making this situation that I'd battled with for like five years into something kind of fun and something that it kind of altered my perspective on it so that's where wow. Tim came from <laughs> wow I didn't I, yeah I didn't expect that we joke about an accidental cult all the time I yeah. never actually think of people joining one that's <laughs> does happen yeah incredible. thank you for sharing that no you're quite welcome um okay so I think we're going to put um a picture of Tim on the screen oh, I think yeah, so that sure. people can see the contrast yeah, this is my media lo mediocre look right? <laughs> I'm going no, to the hairdresser next fabulous. week and you know this this bit is all faded completely this, this is oh, mediocre hair. Talk about the hair um, but yeah, yeah, Great, so where can we find all your stuff online? Um, have a look out for Tim. It's Tim Tation Drag um, on Instagram. And I'm always literally posting on there whenever I've got something coming up. Um, do a lot of um, engagement with the Instagram stories. So feel free if you're spot on the story and you want to give me a lustful confession, please. Please let me have it. I mean, we did when we were at a game, didn't <laughs> we, we? did. We, we yeah. won't talk about, talk about that after. Right, thank you so much for coming. That was thank amazing. You. Thank you for having Absolutely. me. Uh, thank you for watching. You can see me on Instagram at Mr. David Ian, or you can check out my website, davidian.co.uk. And you can find me on Instagram at ktsdale. And we'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Mediocre Gay, the podcast. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps other people find the show. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Mediocre Gay Pod. Or share your mediocre secrets with us on MediocreGayPod at gmail.com.